0: Hello, I'm Pommy Harmer and you're listening to the ninth podcast of Follow the Sun. I'm with Marion Mente who wrote the book which presents the sequence of the Zodiac as a story. Now later on in the podcast we'll hear Marion reading this chapter as usual where Aries discovers the land of the archer, Sagittarius. Before that I'll chat to Marion about the characteristics of Sagittarius and we'll find out all about the philosophy around astrology after the reading. During the podcast series, we've discussed the astrological themes of planetary principles and the expressions of the signs, their quadruplicities, triplicities, and aspects of squares, trines, conjunctions, and oppositions. Hello, Marion. Hello, Pommy, How are you? Fine, thank you. Okay, so on his quest to follow the sun... Ares the ram has travelled along the sun's path, learning about himself, his world and his place in it. Embracing the qualities of those realms he's traversed, maturing through the course of his journey. In this chapter, Ares encounters Sagittarius, whom you call the wandering philosopher of the story and whose ruling planet is Jupiter. So first, Marion. Will you tell us about the characteristics of Sagittarius and then later we'll talk a little bit about the planet Jupiter and philosophy?
1: Well, a little philosophy. <laughs> no. Yes, this is a lot. We've planned a lot for this podcast. <laughs> okay, well, Sag, as I say, is the ninth sign and nine is a magical number. Whatever you multiply by nine will always calculate back to nine. Did you know that? No, I don't well, understand what you mean. Well, uh, nine threes are?
0: Twenty-seven two and seven Seven
1: is nine you can do it with any number you like it'll always come back to nine that's amazing yeah okay and Sagittarius is also the third fire sign Aries is fire at its ignition combustible Leo is a steady burning flame and Sag is said to be the spiritual fire uh, hence its association with philosophy. Its symbol is the centaur, you know, half man, half horse. It's the domain of Jupiter, the planet associated with growth and opportunity, wisdom and greater knowledge. The energy of Saj is Yang and its quality is mutable. It begins mid-November to mid-December, and is associated with distant travel, foreign places and peoples, higher education, law, philosophy, and sportsmanship also physically with the hips and the thighs. When expressed positively, the spirit of Sagittarius is expansive, jovial, magnanimous, adventurous, philosophical, generous and frank. But when used negatively, it's overly extravagant, careless, cavalier, hasty, judgmental and bigoted. Sag is the polar opposite of Gemini. Now, luckily, Aries comes across Sag when he needs him most, and luck is an attribute of the planet Jupiter. True to form, the Centaur is far afield, looking for a way to explain and handle some of the looming catastrophes on Zodiac. Though an optimist, he's aware that if solutions to their difficulties can't be found, their world will end in disaster. I felt that the adventurous free spirit of strongly Sagittarian types is best shown by the circumstances in which Aries finds the center.
0: So let's just think about what's happened so far. Aries has travelled through the realms of Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra and Scorpio. He's discovered more about the collective realms and their celebration of light. Libra informed him about the transforming fire which burns at the core of their world, the firebright gems that it forges in the labyrinth and their part in the renewing cycle of life. However, equally important is that he's learnt he has a realm of his own and realisation of this comes to him in his hour of despair in the depths of Scorpio's labyrinth. Though severely burnt by the flames of the fire, he survives this near-death experience and we now find him badly weakened but with hope renewed as he encounters Sagittarius in the most unlikely of places.
1: Misunderstandings "'Sagittarius sat relaxing by a campfire, stirring a large pot of rabbit stew. "'He'd been exploring the northern sweeps when bad weather had set in, "'forcing him to take shelter in this deep cave high on the mountainside. "'Having spent time here before, "'he'd made sure there was a good stock of firewood and warm blankets, "'along with a few basic provisions. "'He was conversing with a mouse. "'The Shrike is still alive?' He laughed with disbelief. "'Where on Zodiac do you hear such bunkum?' Sagittarius knew well what prodigious gossips mice were and thought that much of their intelligence was to be taken with a pinch of salt. "'It's true, I tell you,' insisted the mouse, comfortable in the palm of the centre's hand. "'It's been the hot topic in all our communities for ages.' It beats me why the collective don't use the mouse grapevine instead of bird messaging service, especially since the bird messages have been very unreliable since the Shrike infiltrated them. And the Shrike is still alive! It chattered on, and it is chasing a ram across the realms. And I admit I don't know why, but I do know that much for certain because I heard it first-hand from my cousin who has a friend of a friend who is the uncle of the cousin of the mouse who actually overheard everything in the Gemini's forest, where it all happened. And mice were prone to twittering on and on much more than the birds. First-hand, alive and chasing a ram?! The centaur got forward at this, the hearty peals of his laughter echoing around the cave. "'Now I know it's a mouse tale. Still chuckling, he offered the messenger another morsel of food. "'I don't mean to doubt you, little fellow, but your news is, well, extraordinary. And the reason the collective used the BMS is that when it's working properly, their reports are delivered swiftly and fairly direct from source.' Whereas news from the M.G. travels overground to many communities in the course of as many days and invariably gets distorted. He gave the stew another stir. It was ready, and he was famished. But the sources I've mentioned are all officially appointed messengers. This is news, not gossip. The mouse persisted, getting agitated and running up the centre's arm to sit on his shoulder amid the lengths of luxurious unruly hair that flowed onto his back. And there's lots more to tell you about the ram. I have reports from the plains, the cornfields and the foothills, it continued. Sagittarius filled his bowl with the stew. Mm, Yeah, well then, tell me when I've eaten. It's easier to listen when my stomach isn't growling, and I'm still digesting your news about the shrike. It's true, croaked Ares from aloft, hoping they could hear him. He hadn't got the strength to speak much more than a hoarse whisper. It's here, shrieked the mouse. Did you hear it? That shrike is here. Oh, save me, save me. Who's there? cried Sagittarius, springing to his feet as he loaded an arrow, poised to fire. He scanned the shadows of the craggy rear wall that sloped up to the roof. Up here, cried a feeble voice. I'm Ares. Help me. Please. Ares? From the headland? What in the name of thunder? Putting down his bow, Sagittarius climbed up to help. Taking hold of the ram's horns, he began to gently pull. Half man, half horse, Sagittarius was robust with a fine, muscular body. He travelled far afield on scouting trips to see that all was well around the mountains and the neighbouring realms, and had an excellent command of the bird languages. It was always his intention to travel as far as the Gemini's realm, to collect their news reports personally, then perhaps go on to Aries Peninsula, but some business or other invariably and often irritably called him home whenever he'd reached as far as the swamps of no man's land. His travels and experiences gave him an open mind with a philosophical bent, seeking for the greater truths of existence in the wider scheme of things. He took the unexpected in his stride, but never in his wildest speculations had he imagined he would encounter the Sovereign of the Headland in a cave on the northern sweeps. As he lifted Ares free, he was saddened by the thin, burned body whose only remnants of fleece were his fringe and a thin tangle of matted curls at his throat. Ares tried to explain what had happened could only stagger attempts at his story, an earthquake, the headlands lost. I follow the sun, serpentus bit Leo, a shrike, a lyrebird, alive. It's true. Tried to find the Scorpio, but, but the labyrinth. Thought I would die. You arrived here through the labyrinth. That's astonishing. "'But more so that you've survived that hellish place. "'By the way, I'm Sagittarius, a Sag. "'Would that we'd met in better circumstances, "'but you can trust that I'll get you to safety, old bean.' "'He set Ares down by the fire and wrapped him in blankets, "'managing to get a few good spoonfuls of stew into him "'before the ram fell into a fitful sleep. "'What did I tell you?' piped up the mouse. "'You see, the M.G. is reliable.' So it would seem. But did the shrike chase him into the mountain? I mean, why? How did he get here? Saj began to pace to and fro around the fire. It's obvious there's more I need to know. From what he says, something dreadful is going on. Earthquakes? Chaos? I must get back. Restless, he walked to the mouth of the cave. It would soon be nightfall and the temperature was dropping rapidly. Flurries of snow swirled into the cave's entrance, carried on a bitter wind. Oh, curse this cruel weather! He stared into the snowstorm, his heart heavy with all he had heard. Not for the first time he chastised himself for being away too long. He'd come to the northern sweeps to study the night sky because the light was different here. The northern horizon was illuminated by greenish glow or sometimes a faint red as though the sun was rising from an unusual direction. At different times in the sun's cycle, there was a spectacular display of green lights across the sky, as though the stars were dancing. The great mysteries of the stars intrigued all of the collective, but he, Sagittarius, was not so concerned with the timing and measuring of the movements of the changing night These mathematical tasks were the province of the studious Capricorn who kept a log of the cycles. Sagittarius's thoughts ranged more to ponder what mysteries lay behind their being. Were there other worlds out there? Though distant, the stars were as real and as constant part of his environment as the ground he stood upon. There was so much to learn. He'd hoped this trip would bring him some insight, some greater philosophical reason concerning the diminishing of the transforming fire, a way forward to accept and deal with the worst consequences if there proved to be no solution to that dilemma. Also there remained the mystery and the imminent tragedy of the missing pearl, and now the shocking news that Ares had borne about his realm. Deeply troubled, he wished more than ever to be galloping through the canyons near his plateau homeland, wanting the wind in his hair to blow his cares away, to be free of burdens. He'd planned to return long before the twelfth moon, but a foul turn in the weather had caused his delay. The twelfth moon was rising and with it had arrived this added dilemma of Ares and his need of proper care. They were too high on the range and too far north to get back to his cabin safely, with Ares so poorly. Capricorn's peak was certainly nearer, but the high passes across to her realm were dangerous in bad conditions, too easy to lose your footing and fall to certain death. He's in no shape to travel, nor can I leave him unattended, he muttered to the mouse, now shivering on his shoulder. Returning to the interior of the cave, he stoked the fire high, but despite its warmth, it would be a harsh night in this cheerless, draughty shelter. During the morning, fortified by more helpings of Stew, Ares was able to give a fuller account of his journey. Sagittarius was both amused and impressed by Ares' ambition and bravery. There's a reason behind all happenings, for nothing happens without a reason, he said judiciously. Libra is right in thinking the reason for your quest is to discover the celebration of light. It's certainly very reasonable, he joked. They talked more of the incident in the grove, Scorpio must have had strong motives to dispatch both her agents to find you, and you can think of nothing that may have provoked her action. Ares said that after regaining his memory, he'd done much soul-searching during his despair in the labyrinth, seeking answers, but finding only regrets for his realm. He sank into gloom. Oh, look on the bright side, old bean. It's excellent news that Leo is recovered, he wanted to jolly airy spirits. I've enjoyed the merriest of times on the plains. Leo is a great friend, and though it seems he wasn't the intended target, you should know that he and Scorpio do have a natural antagonism. One lives for the sun, the other seeks shadow. She has a natural antagonism for me, said Ares dejectedly. No, it's not that, replied Saj. There's something else behind all this. It's not simply a matter of personalities. Besides, you haven't even met. And if anything is true, it's that there are elements in your nature that are closely akin to Scorpio. You are both fighters and find your best strength when doing battle, as you've just proved with the labyrinth. Extraordinary accomplishment. Believe me, my friend, Scorpio is far more likely to make you an ally, not an opponent. It's clear that she has discovered something, certainly. But what? It's got something to do with that shrike, I'll wager. If I catch sight of the bounder, I'll bring it down, make no mistake. But whatever it is, I have to find it out and urgently need to get back in circulation. He looked seriously at the ram, who read his thoughts. But what to do about me, eh? Correct. Ares managed a smile at Sadge's candid response. He felt an instant warmth and connection with him, as he had done with Leo, from all he had heard about the centaur, he was a larger-than-life character, and meeting him affirmed that. He spoke his thoughts frankly without guile, and gave wise counsel. Ares was glad to find himself in Sagittarius hands at this time, and would trust his judgment on what was to be done. Sagittarius explained that they would go to Capricorn. She would doubtless know what was going on, and would bring him up to date. Also, Ares would receive proper care in more comfortable conditions. The problem was how to get him there. Although Ares could walk, he would be slow. But worse, he had no natural protection against the freezing temperatures. The only way is to cocoon you in rabbit pelts and deerskin and fix you to my back. Sag started to hunt around the cave for something he could use as a structural support for a harness. Oh, one of these will do it, he held up a pair of wooden snowshoes. Aquarius made these so he could walk on deep snow. I've brought him up here a couple of times to see what we call the Northern Lights. You can see them too as we climb. He was smiling broadly, causing Ares to look forward to the journey ahead in spite of his debilitated condition. Being adventurers at heart, preparing to move on, had them both in higher spirits as they swapped tales of their experiences in no man's land. And having had a score of adventures in those parts... "'Sagittarius did most of the telling. "'But even the worst of scavengers have their merits. "'Their pelts make warm coats,' he grinned, "'donning himself in an impressive wolfskin. "'This critter played havoc with Virgo's chickens "'and would have made a meal of her too, mark my words. "'Lucky I turned up in the dead of night "'and spotted him at her door. "'I fired an arrow to warn him off, "'thinking the scoundrel would scarper. "'Instead he turned on me. "'Then I see he's rabid.' Better to end his misery. Couldn't let him live. Ares understood. He'd learned much from Leo about survival on the plains. In a short time, they were ready to set off. They had to travel light and so packed a minimum of provisions, which included a coil of rope. Saj dished up the last of the stew and encouraged Ares to eat, "'Best tuck in. It'll be a couple of days before another cooked meal.' When travelling, he was accustomed to eating on the hoof, as he termed it, and on this mission there would be no time to hunt, then linger around a campfire. For Airy's sake, they had to keep moving, especially through the night. He strapped the bags with the provisions on his horseback, then secured the makeshift harness with ties over his shoulders and around his waist, thankful his burden wasn't heavy.' "'Now what about you, little fellow? "'Are you coming along for the ride?' "'He was addressing the mouse. "'Oh, um, thank you, but no, no. "'I'm feeling sleepy. "'There's enough dried nuts and stuff here. "'I'll stay and make my way back to the tree line "'when the climate improves. "'I have such a tale to tell, first hand too.' "'And with that, the mouse scurried off "'to a nest it had made in a cranny "'at the rear of the cave.' "'Saj picked up his bow and quiver.' Oh, that reminds me. You never said how you managed to get here from the tree line. It's quite some distance for your little legs, he said. Oh no problem, called the mouse, disappearing behind its rock. I hitched a ride on wolfback. Sad shook his head, smiling. Life never ceased to amaze and amuse him. There was no telling the time of day when they left the cave. It was snowing heavily. Ares was impressed with the skill and strength of Saj as he climbed amid the upper peaks. The skies were clear above the clouds and the views awesome. As it grew darker, a greenish light appeared on the horizon, illuminating the peaks. He looked across at the top of the range, amazed to see a snow-covered plateau winding between the pinnacles like a never-ending road. He felt a mixture of joy and sadness. It was his great ambition to be here, but not to arrive as an invalid on the back of a good friend, nor bear the yoke of grief he felt for the headland and his clan. Sagittarius stood for a moment, absorbing the scene around him. This awe of the world filled the centaur with a sense of joy and connectedness. It was the bedrock of his inborn optimism. Our way will be a little easier from here until we reach the passes, That's where it gets a bit tricky. Very soon you will see the full light show from the stars and words will fail you. Ah, words like nature being a totality of physical entities creates unity and balance in all things, unquote, smiled Aries. (laughs) Correct, laughed the centaur, heartened to hear his wisdoms had been quoted. Once you've thought it, soon you'll feel it, then with certainty you'll know it. He began to gallop along the plateau, gathering speed as the rhythm of his stride paced at one with the pulse coursing within him and about him, sensing the core energy, the spirit of nature that pulsed through the universe causing connection, fusing grains of sand into pearls and stars into galaxy, an energy that seeks to know itself, to manifest and be acknowledged within the glory of all that it stirs into being. Ah, breeze as the northern lights rain down, the unity of nature. Ares was entranced, riding to the rhythm of the centre stride he felt in tune with and mesmerised by the spectacle of light dancing all around him. He was caught in the magic of the moment. I'm just a tiny, tiny part of it all. Forgetting his woes, wrapped in wonder to be a fragment of this unmatchable splendour. At length, Sagittarius slowed to a halt. We've reached the passes, he said breathless. I'll turn about so you can see what we're against. As he does so. Ares drew in his breath at what came into view. A series of nine majestic arches spanned the ravines like a stone skipping on water. Seemingly formed from ice, the structures had an ethereal beauty. Let's take a break, said Saj, lifting the harness from his shoulders. He set it down on the hardened snow and released the bindings so that Ares could stretch his legs. As they ate and drank, the cold quickly bore into the ram's exposed flesh and he was glad to return to the warmth of the pelts. Saj hoisted him into position and once again secured the harness to his back. During their break, he'd been busy securing the end of a rope to one of his arrows, which had a clawed tip. "'This might seem a bit hare-brained, but it should work,' he told his passenger." taking careful aim, he fired at the centre of the first arch. The arrow embedded itself and he gave the rope a strong tug to see if it would hold. Happy the line was secure, he tied the other end around his middle and stepped onto the arch. Sitting on his haunches, he began to pull himself towards the centre, winding up the slack as he progressed. Ares looked into the abyss below. He felt terrified and sick. What was such thinking of? This was beyond reckless. This was madness. He hardly dared to breathe. The bridge was barely wide enough to take them. One little slip and it would all be over, or equally the structure might crack under their weight. But he trusted the centre despite his fear. Saj was aware of Airy's apprehensions and impressed with his brave spirit. It gave him extra strength and confidence to complete the onerous task he'd set himself After what seemed an eternity to Ares, they achieved the centre. Saj swivelled around the arrow and slid the knot of the rope to the top of the shaft above the flight. Slowly letting out the slack, they glided easily down the other side. Then he gave a tug and the rope followed. One down, eight to go, but that's the highest and the worst. It gets easier as we go on, he grinned, reassuring Ares that he'd done this before. ''I want to be unconscious,'' was all Ares could reply. It was almost daybreak when Saj traversed the last arch. ''I'm tuckered out, I need a quick nap,'' he sighed, lifting the harness from his shoulders. ''It's fairly straightforward to Capricorn's peak from here, a longish trek due south,'' "'but no more ravines or climbing. "'We've been lucky with the weather so far, "'but I don't like the look of the eastern sky.' "'He found a cranny deep enough to shelter them from the wind. "'Ares was too weak to stretch his legs and remained in his cocoon. "'A short nap was all that Saj needed before they were on the go again. "'However, he wasn't galloping so hard. "'The hip where Serpentis had bit him was beginning to ache. "'It did this when he was tired.' causing him to limp. As predicted, the weather worsened and a blizzard set in. They were forced to seek shelter when the icy snow whipped them into submission, causing them to spend extra miserable hours on the mountain. The cold was reaching through the protection of their pelts and both were chilled to the marrow. Don't fall asleep, shouted Sage above the din of the gale. Afraid for Ares, he kept him awake by continually shouting his name and making him repeat the names and outstanding qualities of those sovereigns he'd met on his journey. As soon as the storm began to abate, they started off again. It was dark when they reached the small ridge that rose up to the snowfield in front of Capricorn's Peak, Sadge made to jump its height but faltered, missing his footing and tumbling badly. Oh, curse this hip, he shouted, masking the pain. Oh, I was confident I'd make that jump, he gasped. Overconfidence, a grave fault of mine, he groaned in agony. The hip had gone into spasm and he couldn't move. Releasing the harness, he urged a reluctant Ares to leave him and walk over the snowfield. It's no distance. You'll make it. I'll follow shortly. Tell Capricorn I'm hurt. Slowly Ares made his way across the crisp, hard snow towards a curtain of icicles, a frozen cascade draped over a rocky shelf at the base of the spiraling pinnacle. Snow was falling fast, and he was quickly covered from horns to tail, so cold he felt even his thoughts were frozen. But he was alert enough to know that once behind that wall of ice, he would gain some protection from the elements. Sagittarius began woefully dragging himself forward. Oh, what a wretched outcome, he wailed.
0: That was Marian Mente reading the ninth chapter of Follow the Sun, the chapter all about Sagittarius. Marian, Sag's ruler is Jupiter and you've explained the principle of action of the Sun, Moon, Mars, Venus and Mercury in previous podcasts. But this is the first mention of Jupiter, whom we know is the largest planet in our solar system Tell me more.
1: Yes, it takes Jupiter about 12 years to travel around the Sun and and through the zodiac signs. It is known as the great benefactor, because of great size, obviously it's the great benefactor. And in Greek mythology, Jupiter is the god Zeus. Um, Its principal action is toward intellectual and physical expansion, and it's associated with the acquisition of knowledge. It helps develop a philosophical outlook on life and encourages our understanding of foreign people and places. If it is strongly placed or emphasised in one chart, it will, according to its sign, generally be optimistic and broad-minded. Jupiter signifies hope, and according to its house, sign and aspect in one's chart, it will reflect the differences in terms of a hopeful attitude a readiness and ability to bounce back from difficulties rather than a tendency to give in to pessimistic outcomes. Jupiter expresses a desire to know and understand the why of life. It's linked with Sagittarius because following the harmonizing of one-to-one in Libra and the transforming regenerative expression of Scorpio, Sagittarius then links us most readily with the rest of the universe, the larger scheme of things.
0: That's really interesting because in my head I would put that all in Pisces realm. But you were right in that because
1: Jupiter is also the ruler of Pisces. Ah,
0: yeah. You see,
1: yeah, I'm just, learning. You are. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, with you know, as I say, the number nine is a magical number, uh, which is, and Sagittarius the physical, um, you know, spiritual fire as they say Um, it's a good energy Uh, what else can we say about it really it's good to be optimistic in this chapter you find that Sagittarius does look out more for answers rather than to himself
0: so I think what you're saying is that most people but it will depend on what else is in their chart if they're born under the sign of Sagittarius will have a more philosophical attitude to life Generally speaking,
1: yes, unless there's other indicators in the chart to inhibit that. But equally, people who are not born under Sagittarius, that have, you know, where, wherever Jupiter is placed, whether it's in Sagittarius or not, uh, will bring this expansiveness to them in the sign by sign and house and aspect. And of course, if you're even, you know, many people will be born with the sun sign in different places where. S- Sag will be in Sagittarius for 12 years so that's going to affect a lot of people and it depends where in the chart that particular placing falls and this all is where it all
0: gets quite complex it gets
1: quite complex and this is not about teaching people astrology they are going because so I can't go into it too deeply so there's
0: plenty of places to study it more deeply if you indeed want all right thank you very much Marion thank you Pommy. You've been listening to the latest podcast in the series, Follow the Sun. Look out for our next one where Marion Mente will be taking us into the 10th sign of Capricorn. This story is based on the sequence of the Zodiac, so make sure you don't miss out by subscribing through your favourite podcast provider. Follow the Sun was written by Marion Mente. The podcast was produced and presented by me, Pomihama, Harmer, and this was a Black Pearl production.